G'day everyone, this is the Jill Father. No, it's just Tractor. I'm here doing a podcast. I've been batch recording today, so I've done a whole bunch of gel ball podcasts. We talk about gel ball, we talk about gel sim, we talk about celebrities, and we talk about squads. And Toei, we've got a guest. Hello, guest. Hi, I'm uh, Josh. I'm a mill simmer who was um, a founding member of Sierra Company and more to come as well. Oh, sounds interesting. Let's talk about that. Let's all welcome Josh. How you been, bro? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself, mate? Yeah, so uh, for those of you at home, we're recording this during the Delta variant lockdown. It's lockdown number 400 for everyone I know. It's it's pretty pear-shaped, and we're doing this over Zoom. So unfortunately, Josh is on his uh, PC gaming headset and through Zoom, and so his voice will sound a little different to mine. But his dulcet tones will still be interesting. We hope so. We yep. hope so. Um, so I always ask, what was the first gel blast you ever owned? Um, the ACR J10. I am relatively new to the sport. So, mm-hmm. And do you still have it? Um, no, I sold it to um, one of the Sierra Company members, so he now has two ACRs. <laughs> um, now, with the Sierra Company thing, you've got a very specific aesthetic um, and look there. Do you want to explain that to the viewers and the listeners? Yeah, so we decided very early on after our first Milsim that we wanted to do something to set us apart. And um, we thought, what more iconic look than the early 2000s United States Marines and their desert marpat and desert cams. Um, It doesn't particularly work very well in the Australian environment, although we found it was fairly effective at Arajula. Um, It definitely sets us aside and gives you that instant recognition. Yeah, and wherever you play, people go, oh, that's obviously Sierra Company. Yeah, that's very much it. Um, so how did you guys all meet? Um, it was through Lockie. He was the one that, to originally set it all up. We um, were going to go out to a Milsim at Toowoomba, I believe, just after the first coronavirus lockdown. And he kind of got a bunch of people that he knew that was were interested in the sport and paired us all together. Mm-hmm. And you have an interesting connection to Lockie, don't you? Yeah, I'm actually um, dating his sister. Funny <laughs> <Long> enough. <laughs> yeah. Love it. It's gold. Keep it in Not the family. Not many people know that one as well. And <laughs> a lot of people are very shocked when they find out. Well, they've got the same surname. So one and one does equal two normally. Typically, yes. Now, I believe you've got some questions for me this time. Have, have you got you've got a couple of things that you wanted to ask, and not a lot of people do that. Jack did it on his podcast, so um, let's have a look at your little Google Docs that you shared with me. So you've got a a line in here, free agency talks. Let's hear about that. Uh, so there was a time uh, I've had a fair bit of interest from a couple other teams as mm-hmm. of late. Um, contacting me going, are you available yet? Mm. Um, which very much is touching. And then even more so to have the um, interest from Black Shirts and Chris. Yep. Um, and then I suppose in extension yourself um, running that event, well, the field um, shows to me who I am as a player, I suppose. Um, yep. Not just how I play, but what I stand for is in line with the rest of the community. So. Yep or at least the community we're trying to build. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, reckon you had your heart fairly set on the mentor patch. Have you heard the news? Yeah, I have. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit bummed there. <laughs> um, but I know that it was for the better. Yep. Um, and whenever whatever comes around next time, I'll work towards that. Yep. Yeah, um, I don't need to explain it again, but um, I'll, I'll talk to you about that offline so you can understand it or go and listen to a bunch more of my podcast. I'm sure I'm talking about it there. 
in your busy life if you get a chance? <laughs> um, another question I did have for you, though, was um, what are your goals for Milsom East moving forward then, seeing as Parabellum's just taken off and blown up? Um, um, the community is getting bigger and bigger. Yep. Um, in terms of Milsim East, I want to keep Milsim East as the weekend games brand for Wounded Heroes. Um, yep. I intend for that, for the short term, to still serve as a Wounded Heroes brand. It's owned by Wounded Heroes. Um, I have had discussions with Martin about buying that back and running it as its own business. Um, and we've got some interesting things coming in the new few, next few months that we'll see how that all works. But um, we are changing uh, Millsham East to be more business-like. Obviously, when we first started, it was just a big family and a bunch of volunteers, but we've got to a point where um, there are too many moving parts and we have to be more professional. Um, so, unfortunately, that means less money goes to charity. Um and it means we have to pay some people to ref and pay some people to do certain things. Um, but that also means that some of what we do will be better. Um, for example, we are, and we've trialled this a little earlier, we, we are going to pay somebody to run the canteen. It'll be a flat rate um, and they run the canteen. So I don't, as when I'm event managing, I don't have to think about it. Um uh, all the stuff that I used to do in terms of facilities, me and Ben, um, has now been handed off to another guy. So that allows me to concentrate more on gel ball rather than mowing for gel ball. Um, anyone that knows me, it can be two days a week that we send, spend on my tractor um, doing laps, trying to mow and keep weeds down and and do all that sort of stuff. And when you start looking at a 33-acre facility, all of a sudden there's lots of maintenance that needs to be done. Now there's another guy dedicated to that, um, so we can we can focus more on games. And the idea is, if I can focus more on games, more players will have a more jo- enjoyable experience. The business grows, and that money that was spent on having some more professional people do things, um, and they're all friends of Wounded Heroes. They're not strangers to us. So yeah, it it should pay for itself, and yeah, some. Good. It sounds like you've definitely nutted everything out and uh, it's all for the better then. I've always got ideas. I wouldn't say I've nutted everything out. <laughs> well, you've always got something new to unveil every time we go out. I am always going, oh, someday. look, butterflies, butterflies. It's great. Ask anyone. Just like tell me to turn around when you're moving that artillery piece weeks and weeks ago. <laughs> hey, look over there. <laughs> There's something interesting. I did have another one as well. Yep. Um, you're, so obviously we've been attending, as Sierra Company, uh, we've been attending Milsim East for... Ever. I'm going to say seven or eight months now. We've yep. been in attendance. Lockie for nine months. Um, yep. An extra month on top of myself. What were your views on us at the beginning? How have they changed to now? And um, what kind of team do you see us as? Um. To be honest, you were pretty grey. You were just other players when you first rocked up. Um, but then I I quickly saw a commitment to mill softing um, and a willingness to get involved in role play. Uh, and I saw that as a vehicle for other players to do the same. Um, if you guys could embrace it, then I could increase the amount of it because if people see other people comfortable doing it, it allows them to also do it. Um, it's a bit like the first person that goes for a dance at a party. Then all of a sudden the dance floor is packed. Um, and that that's the way I saw you guys early on. And nothing's really changed for me there. You guys get what we're trying to do. Yeah, cool. Um, just moving to the top of my list now. Mm. Um, I've been asked by, I think he's a member of your staff. Um whether it's on the books or not on the books, uh, as everyone else may Are you know, talking uh, about the celebrity? That's the one, The uh, as everyone knows him, the celebrity. Mm. Um, you know, he's so, actually featured in Urban Dictionary now. I did see that. Um, one of the boys put it into the um, into the chat. Yep. And any chat that I've got um, with him in it, he's always uh, whatever his name is in the chat and then celebrity afterwards. Yep. Can't have it any other way. Uh, he's a good nut. 
I think Blair's even making up a patch um, that's hashtag I shot a celebrity. Oh, nice. I want to see those. That'll be oh, I'm great. very keen for that one to come in. I want to see that. We should have it like a death card whenever you kill Braden. Somebody from Sierra um, just hands over and... one of those. Well, it may awesome. not be Sierra for uh, much longer because... We'll, we'll save that one for later. Yeah. That way people go, oh, I've got to listen to the end. That's my little <laughs> trick. You just love building that anticipation, don't you, Trav? It's like foreplay. One, two, three, four. I'm ready. <laughs> question yeah uh all what else you got for me um i suppose sierra company is another one um we've already touched on how it all started and how i got in there but um i think a little known fact is that when i actually started in sierra company um the milsim out at toowoomba was probably my third game playing gel ball i was very very new to the sport um and a lot of people are possibly um, aware of our, our structure within the team of who's le- uh, in a lead role and who's um, not. We very much focus around a fire team structure. Um, at the beginning, I was actually um, Sierra 2-5, so very much right down the bottom of the pecking order. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose that's now changed a lot from what a lot of people uh, might have noticed with my involvement in the sport. Um, have you... High, um, honeymooned or or stepped in a Sierra actual at any point? Um, I've done SCO roles. Yep. Um, but when it comes to, I don't know, when it comes to the physical leadership of the team now, we've rejigged that entirely. So we're no longer just a one-man figure. It's a, a council of five, so to speak, to yep. um, allow more input, more even spread because at the time I was um, doing a lot, running all the social media and it did start to get a bit tiresome, mm-hmm. um, especially with the, when that change under, under was um, undergone, I was uh, starting the mentor process at Milsim East. So yep. um, there was a lot coming onto my plate at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, no, I haven't necessarily stepped in as actual, but um I've definitely taken that a similar role across an entire field. Yeah. How does um, gel balling affect your home life? Because a lot of people find it hard to balance, and I see you play quite a bit. So how do you find balance? Um, I play on average. If it, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd be playing um, once a week at least, um, typically Millsoft Sundays. Um and then dealing with um, the social media on top of that, it does get very, very difficult. But I'm very lucky that my partner is uh, supportive of that. She's even bought her own camera so she can come out and take photos. And a few people might have seen her out at we did um, White Chicken Up, I believe it was. White and Chicken she... Up, that's a crazy name, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I love that one. There's, uh... Have you even heard the name for the event that... Um... We pitched to Damo. We, we haven't spoken about that. I know nothing about it yet. I've heard lots of rumours and innuendo about this event. Am I allowed I, to speak about it here or do you want it under wraps? Uh, no, crack on. Cool, because um, I, was pro- I wasn't even at the event. Um, I can't remember what it was. Um, there was a week that I missed out on a Millsoft Sunday. Was it the Wildlands? No, it was... The second one? Um. I don't think so. Maybe it was. No, it wasn't because it, it was after that. It was potentially the event right after um, Parabellum. Okay. Uh, Quantum Cypher? No, after that as well. Um, it was the one where Lockie and that went as CIA. Uh, yeah, East versus West. That's the one. Yep. Um, I missed out on that one and... Um, as I'm, everyone else is getting home, I get added to a little group chat asking to start creating an event for you guys because, you know, ideas are hard to come by as we've mm-hmm. uh, quickly found out ourselves going, well, what do we base an event around that people are going to enjoy but still balance it with a Milsim, Milsoft style um, And how do we make game. that last for seven hours? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've been sitting on this for about, eight months now I've wanted to um, really play a game based around the, um, the movie and I suppose the operation um, 
of 13 Hours, Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blair brought it up into that chat. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know, Blair is almost my right-hand man um, next to Tim and Sierra Company. We're a very tight-knit group, the three of us. Um, and, yeah, he brought it up and I, uh, as a, oh, Josh might enjoy doing this. And straight away, Blair and I watched the movie. Uh, after watching the movie, I wrote up an entire write-up on it. Went on to Call of Duty, played the um, mission that Call of Duty had based around it as well. Yeah, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Embassy. Ah. Um, they based it around that uh, entire operation because I thought if Call of Duty have already done this, they've done it in such a way that's enjoyable for people to play. Mm. So if we can adapt that, it's you're playing a video game basically when you're playing gel ball. So mm-hmm. uh, we might as well adapt that. And then added that to the write-up. Ray's then gone and written it all up um, in an Excel spreadsheet, timing it out. Um, so very much organised. And we've titled it uh, Eight Hours Secret Soldiers of Estania. Oh, God. Just to fit in with the uh, Milsim East uh, <laughs> world. Yeah. So uh, we pitched that to Damo, and I'm pretty sure Damo turned around and said, yep, sound, um, sounds great. Let's uh, go with it. I think it's the first weekend in September pending... Um, lockdown ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those that have not watched the movie, can you give a summary or do we need to like put a link to the um, the Wikipedia page or something? No, it was um, a summary. I could definitely summarise it. Um, essentially, there was a CIA um, element in Benghazi um, that was protect, protected by a private military force, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, of about five men, the United States Senate United States ambassador over there, um, and set up in a temporary uh, embassy, which meant there was no real security detail. There was no Marines, um, and the local militants decided on the September 11 um, anniversary to try and capture and I suppose kill him. The CIA forces didn't want their security to engage because they weren't supposed to be in the country. Uh, they eventually broke command, uh, went and tried to save him, were unsuccessful, came back to the annex and withstood multiple waves of um, enemy attacks without reinforcement until very, very late. So in terms of turning that into a game, do you have, like, is it just going to be like a wave spawn thing or that, like, um, how do you turn that in? Like, what's your mindset when you go, all right, I'm going to turn this into a game and obviously I don't want you to give away the beans, but um, I just want to talk about the process of turning something into a game. So if there's anyone listening at home that goes, oh, my favourite movie is Tears of the Sun, how do I turn that into a game? Um, what was the process that you went through? Um, Blair and I spoke about this at length. Um, obviously, you're having to deal with a overwhelming force and you can't guarantee that there's going to be a huge turnout of players. And yep. we thought, well, you average maybe 30 people, including the staff there. Um, so obvi- first of all, of all, you want to split those forces. So we've got 10 uh, blue four and 20 op four. Uh, the blue four, after seeing your white chicken up with the double tourniquet rule, uh, we thought, well, we can use that uh, as the blue four. Double tourniquet, more hits, it means you can uh, stay there longer uh, with a medic as well. Whereas with the op four, wanting them to be overwhelming, but at the same time, not actually, you need to make it last long enough to be a game. We've decided to have no tourniquets for the op four. Mm-hmm. But like you already said, it's a waved respawn. So it might be five minutes in, okay, everyone that's dead, go back in, or shit, we just lost 10 people. Everyone, you're back alive, go for it. Yep. Um, but there is a lot of build up to that. The first half of the day has got almost nothing to do with that type of um, yep. event. It's more, yeah, there's a lot of tension builder so, leading into it. So how, because um, I don't want to spoil the day for the players that want to come. They've gone, I love that movie, or they go off and they watch it now. Um, how do you fill 70 hours with gameplay? Um, I know how I think about it. I know how Damo thinks about it. So I'd like to see how you go, all right, how do I know that this battle will take an hour? How, what's your, your thoughts on how to measure that? Um, that battle, 
the the main battle that takes place in that movie towards the very end um we broke it up as they did in the movie into three separate parts um which allows us to go okay part one needs to last this long and we can call it off after part one um, after x amount of time and so on and so forth with um notable events happening at the beginning of each part mm-hmm. and, as to allow the game flow to continue do you have a plan to insert some NPCs to make that happen or is there like a secret voice on a radio that's going to go okay now you need to do this like no, how, how, do, how are you going to break those how are the players going to go all right we're at that point now um similar to the movie towards the end there will be a I suppose a flip of forces um who those are who those players are I won't um I won't notify until the day and I won't actually notify any other players outside of that um, much like there was in the movie, but without physical reinforcements coming in. Um, and prior, the wave prior to that, we're actually going to have a simulated mortar um, strike by ways of Thunderbee yep. um, as to really set it off. Is this where I tell you that I have a new mortar simulator? Oh, don't tell me that. With two rounds that you drop into it and it fires... <laughs> oh, just in time for when um, Tim's starting to make his uh, his own tag rounds too. You need to talk to Braden because Braden's yeah. been involved with. Uh, we actually took it to PB two with plans to test it there, but we could not get it to work the way it's designed to work. He's not said a word to me, and I'm very surprised about that. He's now. a good boy. I'm very, very surprised. Yeah, so we have something that you drop into a tube and then it goes and lands near people. Yeah, cool. So talking about Parabellum, um, what's your expectations for Parabellum 3 or are you <coughs> keeping that very, very close to your chest? Uh, well, expectations are a pretty broad thing, so let's narrow that down a bit. Um, is there anything – well, we'll start with – a. Is there anything we're allowed to find out about Parabellum 3 now? Or Yeah, I released a video last night. Okay, well, I'll have to check that out. It's is that YouTube. just on the uh, Operation Parabellum Facebook or through Wounded Heroes? It's on Tidy, Milsim East, Parabellum, my YouTube page, um, and I can share it anywhere else we need to. I should make, it's too long to do an IGTV though. I need to actually get onto that IGTV. Um, yeah. Someone has a Sierra company Instagram. I don't know who's actually running it, but mm-hmm. I should probably get onto that. Well, you are the social media guy there. Yeah, and I'm not in control of that social <laughs> media account, nor do I know who is. Very, very good job done there. Um, so a few things will be different. Um, the basic rules of Parabellum are still extant. They are exactly the same as written. Um, the briefing will be a little bit different because we expect some people will have a pretty frigging good idea of how we do things um, and they'll be able to brief their teams on it. We do have some people that have bought tickets that have never done a Milsim Sunday with us. They've never done a prequel event. Um, so I'm going to need to mentor them, or well, not mentor, but I'll probably send a ref with them um, immediately on step off. So a lot of teams will have a ref embedded with them uh, that wears cams and has a yellow armband. Um, everyone's seen the red and blue ones. They're pretty used to those. So a yellow armband is a ref or a, a game marshal or a game warden or whatever you want to call it. Um, Damo's also got some ideas about how we have a way to have a blue commander without it being a burden. Um, so there will be a proxy uh, staff member that acts as the blue commander, uh, yep. as will there a red commander. We also have an app. I have heard about that. Yeah. So um, the I can't app remember is, who told me, but it's a great idea. Yeah. So it's an encrypted uh, communication app. You can plug a PTT into it. You can have your phone in your pocket. Use the PTT just like you would uh, for your phone um, uh, for a Baofeng and operate that way, but you can also look at the screen of the phone and see where the other blue call signs are in real time. Um, so hopefully that will increase the way that 
the four squads or five squads in each faction can talk to each other and interoperate without the fear of the squads on the opposite side hearing what they're saying and in and matching that before you can bring a force to bear. Very cool. Very, very cool. And because the mentors are going, we're going to be paying a bunch of referees um, so that a paid person can do that job and the people that are paid to play can just fucking play. Rather than take it away from them and have people complain, I suppose, as well. Uh, it's not about complaining. It's about like, if I pay for something, I, I have an expectation that should be real about what that event should be for me. Um, so I want to let people that buy a ticket play. Um, I think that wraps up all that I want to really hear at this point about Parabellum. There's, oh. I suppose, a lot more to come through, and I'd rather wait for that <laughs> as it happens. Yep. Um, um, did you? Were you going to come to the Siege of Jadaville event? That was the one that was supposed to be last weekend, was it yeah, not? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually think I was planning on coming to every event this month yep. um, until COVID threw a spanner in those works. Um, are you familiar with the battle? No, I'm not. I haven't actually looked that up yet. There's a good movie. Uh, it's a movie. There's cool. a, there's a watch. There's a pretty good movie. Um, and if you watch the movie, you've got a pretty fair idea of what you're going to be up against. Um, Have you, um, no, you go. I'd like to throw that at another team to organise. Yeah, so if you're a team out there that wants to organise your own Milsim Sunday uh, and do it here at Wacol, have a look at the movie, see if you can get seven hours of gameplay out of that for some people and uh, make a request of me for something I need to give you in order to run the event. Cool bananas. I suppose that leads into a question of my own. Have you ever made an event and then thought of a team that would just be perfect to suit that event around, I suppose, or use that team to um, help build the event that you're working towards? Yeah, certainly the Vietnam event that we ran a while ago, I unfortunately had a migraine that day, so I wasn't there, but um, I definitely had some people uh, from the community in mind to run that. Um, and it was the first time they ran an event. They're very keen to run events in the future. So they cut their teeth on that. Um, they learned a lot of lessons. Um, some things worked fantastically. Some things didn't work the way they wanted it to. Um, and they're going to have another crack at it. Yeah, cool. Um, just going back to my list. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got down the bottom here. Planned, uh, planned upcoming games. Um, Is that for you guys? Yeah. Yep. Um, we've already spoken about one of them being the eight hours event that um, we're running in conjunction with uh, Matt from 1-2 Company, Jack, Harvey, and Ray uh, from Mad Dogs. Hashtag celebrity to Ray as well. <laughs> um, hashtag, hashtag. Yeah. How many do we want to add to that one? Mm. Um, we've also got uh, a game coming up hopefully, uh, given COVID going away, uh, a game against TSI at Crossfire. Um, that should be interesting. Yeah, Is that like a um, private rental where you've rented the whole field? or No, it's a, I've been speaking to Martin and Iggy for weeks and weeks trying to organise a date that works for both of us, and they happen to be going up, I think, in two weeks' time. I can't yep. remember the exact weekend. Um, mm -hmm. And turn around and said, if you're, if you're free, come up, uh, let's go and uh, was fortunate enough to be able to book those tickets and have a chat to them in store. And I think all of us are very excited to see each other through um, sight lines again. Yep. But, um, yeah, coming from that, it kind of um, sparked the... Um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to let on, but the interest from their Milsim team um, and... Uh, potentially run uh, my myself as a player to potentially run with them at another event one day. I think that's a great idea to cross pollinate teams and run with other teams. It's yeah, very easy so. to get stuck into the rut of what you do and be very comfortable with the way you do things. Um, but it's always good to see another eye, eye's point of view. Yeah, and I I felt quite flattered 
the invitation to uh, given squirrels are one of the in my opinion squirrels are one of the better teams uh, out there at the moment and certainly uh, when it comes to uh, mill sim rather than uh, millsoft they've definitely um, got a better idea of that than i do is mill sim um, like stepping from millsoft to mill sim on your personal radar not sierra's um there is a lot of people in Sierra Company that want to go down that Milsim track. It's just a lack of a, lack of events at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, uh, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say yes, but I'm not going to say no. There's a a lot of things I need to do with my kit before mm-hmm. I um, can go into a proper Milsim. Yeah, um, I'm going to be trying to play with weighted plates soon, so I need to get accustomed to that and be able to effectively run that for up to 36 hours if mm-hmm. not longer if needs be yep so i'm not going to say no but depending on the team i don't think without being rude to my guys i don't think sierra company is the team i'd go to a milsim with oh well, they're a bit more casual than that you think a lot more a of, lot a, of the more of a one-day are, yeah. weekend play yeah i would say so mm-hmm. and to get the aesthetic for um, that specific marine look that you've got, there is a lot of very specific gear that you have to buy that you can't use elsewhere. You can't just go, oh, screw it, I'll get a, a Coyote Brown one of these. Um, you've got to get that desert pattern. Yeah, that's very much very true. But um, because of that, a lot of us have actually started branching out into new kits. Yeah. So a few of us, um, as people might have started to see Blair running in a bit of a more operator kit yeah. out at Milsim East, um, he himself is putting it together a CTS FO kit um, to get the London look, he likes yep. to say. Yep. Um, and uh, because of that, Tim and I turned around and went, you know what, let's make a, squ- a swap kit. So um, yeah. we're all starting to get very much more into a casual operator mindset, mindset too. You know what I haven't run at Millsame East for a bloody long time? Cops and robbers, I'm guessing. Cowboys. Okay. Well, you've got to use a revolver or a bolt action or a pump action. You should definitely <laughs> tee Lockie up about that one because <laughs> he has a lot of costumes that would be great for it. I, could, I, can, I can see him now. I want to yeah. see him in Gotham City Police Department. Oh, okay. he would okay. be more than happy to do it, and you know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could definitely do a Cops and Robbers. But, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Black versus yeah. Brown House or something. You know what I really want to do? I want to do that battle scene out of heat. I haven't seen it. I'm terrible (gasps) with movies. Oh, my Lord. I'm going to have to include a compulsory screening of movies as part of Milsim Sundays now just to get you up to speed. That's all right. I'll throw that on top of Monday night training, potentially Sunday night training. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yep. Dreaded T word. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because of all these new kits that's coming that are coming into Sierra Company, we've actually, um, as much as I'm allowed to let on, is uh, we've started to do a restructure, which will shock the community, um, while still keeping the Sierra Company um, image. I'll have a chat to you about that personally mm, I'm very after interested. this, Trav. Mm. But all I can say in that regard is uh, everyone. Keep your eyes open because there's something coming. Yeah, cool. That sounds interesting. Um, so what's the roster for um, – have you talked about all the players in Sierra now? Um, I haven't. There is a few more. Um, I think I couldn't even tell you how many we're up to now. You're about eight, aren't you? No, more than that. I think oh, okay. we're up to 15. That are patched players? Yeah, about 15 patched. I'm just getting the my document up now. I think oh, I, I would say the most I've probably seen you roll with is about eight at MSCV. Parabellum was our biggest turnout, I believe. Um, I think looking at the list, there is only one member that hasn't ever gone to Milsim East. Okay. Um, and that's just due to work commitments, unfortunately. But he is coming to Parabellum 3. Okay. Um, so we're up to, yeah, 12 patch members. Have you guys gone and rolled at um, Joelsoft Australia yet, at Tambourine? Yes, we have. Have you? 
I just haven't. Because um, you see the photos from that and I'm like, no desert, they're, they're not there. No, um, we haven't been to any of their Mills, Millsim, Millsoft style events. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last one we went to was either just before or just after Christmas. The one I think it was just before because they cancelled an event due to flooding and we were at the next game. Um, and that was the last time we played there. We have had some photos taken by Graham in the um, old Mega Cruiser, I believe it was. Um, they're very nice photos. <laughs> you did a wonderful job there. Um, where else haven't you played that you want to play? Um, hardcore? I'm not a fan of the FPS limit at hard- Hardcore. Um, Aren't they 330? Are they? Yeah. Okay, so I take I'm, that I'm, back. Sure, I'm a fan of the FPS limited hardcore. Then I'm sure that me and Kathy had a discussion when I said I'm going to go to three thirty. I I did the the noble thing and I rang her and said, "Look, I'm going to step to three thirty, um, and, and I'm letting you know before people come to you and go, oh, he's done this." Um, I'm sure she stepped to three thirty, um, but that's a pretty firm limit from her because it's indoors. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think both of my blasters shoot very close to 335 consistently uh, yeah. when they're both running well. Um, oh, that's why you only play on a Sunday, huh? Hmm. Mm, <laughs> there was a very long time where I didn't have a working blaster uh, but would still rock up and try and make it work on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, have definitely learnt that lesson. But, um, yeah, hardcore, like after finding that out, hardcore would definitely be a place I'd like to go. Yep. Um, They've got a new um, CSGO type mode that's a search and destroy mill softy operator thing. I think okay. you guys might enjoy No doubt that. Ray's had some involvement there. I would imagine so. Uh, he's been trying to get us out there for the longest time, to be quite honest. Mm. Um, I want to have a bit more involvement at Gel City or a bit more participation out there. Um, both Tim and I, every time we go out, we love it. Um, they let us set off a Thunderbee last time we went out there inside the warehouse, and yep. it was a very, very bad decision. Um, <laughs> everyone in that um, in that field shit themselves when it went off. I could imagine. Uh, even myself, knowing what to expect, it was louder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, sound bounces off walls, bro. Uh, I completely forgot about that. The uh, the marine and me definitely showed. You hit the deck and put your hands on your head and shit. Um, uh, yeah, something like that. That that gives me a really good segue. Why don't you wear a helmet while you're mill simming? What's your? Um, you've got me a, personally. Yeah. Um, I'll show you a photo later that will make you absolutely piss yourself. You look like a mushroom. No, so you look have like you dark seen Chicken Little. No, the movie. Uh, it's. There's a scene in the movie where he's got a uh, baseball helmet on that's like three times the size of him, his head, um, and I look like Chicken Little stepping up to bat whenever I wear a Pazgat helmet. Um, you know they actually come in different sizes, and that's the helmet itself, not just the harness inside Yeah, yeah. Um, I learnt that after I got accustomed to my baseball cap, yep. and um, it kind of just became part of my personality. I... <sighs> It's just I run it every game. Everyone knows who I am, and that's because it's, it's got your name written on it in big black letters. Well, that's only because I forget who I am. <laughs> who am I? Again? That's what happens when you whack yourself in the head with your M16? Well, if you had a helmet, that wouldn't be a problem. Oh, hindsight, twenty twenty. Yes. Um, what is the one piece of kit you would not go to a Milsim or Milsoft without? And there's That's the obvious one. one. There's the obvious ones, blasters and blah, blah, blah. Do you have a like a Fred or a racing spoon or this a jet boil or jerky? What is that one thing that you go, I don't care about all the other stuff. If I haven't got this, I'm not fun. Caffeine? Uh, my crayon. Your crayon? You've got to have a snack, yeah. I have a crayon sitting at um, Gelsoft Australia Indoor, actually. I believe that's still there um, from when they opened. We should get like crayons and put a little package on the outside so it's US Marine Corps. Give them <laughs> out to people like a death card. That would be very nice, actually. We might look into that one. Um, piece of kit that I don't go to a Milsim without, though. Well, your baseball cap. Yeah. Um, I pro. Well, you know. Yeah, everyone does that. Um, I don't really have anything. 
I'm a very boring player. I just carry what I need and that's it. Well, you're a guy that wears glasses. So how do you adapt to that? A lot of people really have trouble and go, all right, I've got to wear contacts. But there's some Um, guys that can't wear contacts. How do you cope with that? I've I've actually had to change that since Parabellum 2 because I um, bought the side guards that used to fit on my aviators um, and then lost them at at the end of Parabellum 2. Um, So after an incident that happened on the way back in, which I won't discuss because it doesn't really need to be brought up, um, I decided to go and get some proper iPro and went and bought some Oakleys. Uh, I just need to put the prescription in them. Yeah. Uh, And because I'm lazy, I haven't gone and done that yet. Um, If you've spoken to any of the staff at the last two games I went to, I wasn't wearing my glasses. I was wearing my new Oakleys and couldn't see shit. (laughs) Um, there was guys yelling at me on um, two, uh, two contacts rear, rear of junkyard. And I'm looking at out at the rear of the junkyard from Fort Lane going where have, have you heard about the changes to Fort Lang? I have. Um, and I wanted to come this weekend, but obviously COVID. Yeah. Um, I will speak to you. I've got some more to speak to you about later on that as well though. Yep. Cool. Yeah, we've got some plans to turn that back into buildings and rooms, um, lots of dead ends. Oh, so good. When you go Very to clear something, like you've got um, left fed, right fed, T fed, hallways, all that shit. Not just very a cool. maze with lots of motor holes. Oh, very, very cool. I look forward to seeing that. What else would you like us to do? You're going to say dig trenches, aren't you? Foxholes. Oh, no, no way would I do that. I don't want to be digging myself. Um, <laughs> I've got a tractor, man. I spend enough time on the ground as it is anyway. So, um, If I could change one thing about what you guys do, I suppose. No, physically the uh, field. Oh, to the fort? No, the whole field, the whole complex. Honestly, th- those inflatables kind of fixed the only issue I had. I wanted more of that building to building style, uh, that building hop, building hopping, I think they call it. Yep. And that kind of fixed it. Yeah. A lot of people think that CQB is going up to a building and then breaching it and then it's all over. Um, you've got to get from one end of a town to another. Yeah. And that, that's what I loved about seeing those inflatables for the first time. It was, well, you can set that up in any way you want, make it interesting and different every time. And the threat's always going to be different. Yeah. every time you go through. Yep. Which has very much changed the way that I think about how I play out there as well. Yep. I've certainly learned a lot of lessons uh, in the games I've spent out there from you guys. Well, hopefully you can learn them at other fields too. Um, are you going to go back to Toowoomba? I want to. Um, it's just a matter of getting a team together and having an event that is suitable. Um, I'd rather play a 50v50 go for goal style event out there. Yep. Um, would be more than happy to do a Milsim, but I'd be very, need to watch my wording here, very cautious about um, how I perceive what was going to happen. Because from my knowledge and my experience, there are changes made on the fly. Okay. First I've heard, so, um, Okay. Um, um, but yeah, would definitely like to venture out there again. Any other fields you haven't been to fairly locally? Uh, locally, I don't believe so. I think there's the the Hive gel ball because I'm a Gold Coast gel baller. Um, if people don't uh, don't know that, um, the Hive is an indoor CQB that I wouldn't mind checking out. I think it's run by Global Tactical Solutions. Oh, isn't that like a micro field? Yeah, it's like a IPC or ISPC style field. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'd like to give it a shot. I've never done something like that, so I think that would be pretty cool. What about three gun? Have you had a crack at that? Or no, I don't even know what it is. You don't. Oh. Wow. I'm, I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause this. I'm going to pause this recording and do a, a screen share. So everyone at home, I'm going to cut here, and we'll come back in a second. So poor Josh does know what three-gun is. He has seen it before. He just didn't know what I was referring to. And you didn't know that we'd done it at Milsim East before as well. No, I didn't. But um, like I just said before, off-air, I suppose, it's just another 
it's a great training opportunity. It's all it's going to do is benefit. Well, in this case, myself as a player, yep. um, you're going to be quicker on your target acquisition, quicker on your uptake when it comes to firing. Your reloads are going to get quicker, and it's just that extra opportunity to practice your skills in a stressful situation, which you don't normally get. Yep. Um, so, I'd love to do it if I was given the opportunity. I would take it. And one of the ways to simulate this at home, and it's one of the things I earned, trained the black shirts early on, is we'll go through something like a three-gun range, but obviously gel blasters don't have stoppages the way that they do. So the 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 range officer goes mag out. So you've got to do a mag change. Or says yeah. pistol uh, target four. So you've got to transition to your pistol and then keep shooting the the series that you were shooting, and then they'll go rifle, then they'll go shotgun. So you've got to make those changes without knowing that it's coming up, and that that really sharpens you up. And that's something you can do at home. You can record your own voice on a on your iPhone and play it um, on a loop and just be shooting through targets, and it goes rifle, pistol, mag off. And you can, you can set that up so it's all like... Um, Shuffle play. And that's something that um, Braden actually was speaking to me about uh, on a training night with Black Shirts, um, the one and only one that I've attended so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the abil- the importance of your sidearm, and he was saying um, a lot of the times that he's getting a kill with his sidearm, it's because the other person isn't paying attention um, to the fact that he's got his sidearm there and he can draw the sidearm quicker on their head than they can on their main with their main rifle. Yep. Um, to which I challenged his point saying, well, watch me, I guarantee you I can. And uh, myself, Braden, Chris and Bear were um, sitting there having a conversation, just talking um, uh, the whole time, watching Braden's hands and um, how he was conducting himself. And the second he reached for his sidearm, we'd both gone up and met each other's heads at the same time. So thankfully countering his point there. But. Yeah, well, um, the one I always point wrong. to is weapon retention. Um, so, And I taught the one, two guys uh, about this not so long ago because they're, they've come from armour, so they're not used to the, the, the close quarters stuff. Um, and they were escorting me as a prisoner. And I said to one of the players, I said, you need to transition off your rifle. Why? Because I'm fucking too close to you. He's like, no, no, I could, I could do this and do that. I said, I guarantee I can get to that before you can get to your pistol, because I've closed the distance with you. I've done it on purpose. I'm two steps from you. I know I'm a big unit, but that's going to make it harder for you to get the rifle up on me and and take a kill before you can transition to pistol, because I can palm that rifle out of the way. Um, and that, that, I proved that four seconds later. He said, no, you can't. And I just went. Fine, bang, um, and I let him. I put my hand on his hand, on while he had uh, that reaching for his pistol, and he went, "Oh shit!" And then I moved the hand so he could transition and shoot me, uh, so the game wasn't ruined. But yeah, it, knowing how to operate your weapon in a close quarters area when there are people that are maybe combatants and maybe not is a very different way of thinking. To all right, I'm going to kick the door in and shoot everyone that's pointing a rifle at me. And that's why um, when I was in Azriel's uh, purchasing my latest uh, blaster, um, Iggy, um, God bless him, because of his, he's got um, fairly certain, don't quote me on it, but I'm fairly certain he served uh, yeah. to some yeah. description in the yeah, yeah. Uh, British forces. Yeah. Um, was He actually ran me through how they were trained um, to mm. draw and then um, discharge their uh, their pistol, which I'm actually going to keep that one secret because I'm going to use that yeah. um, on as many people as I can. But um, in him showing me that, it's definitely something I'm adapting into my play because yeah. it's just going it, to – it'll work. It, it does transition over to gel ball quite well. 12 months ago, I was selling um, pistol lanyards and everyone said, oh, you don't need them in gel ball, you don't need that in gel ball because um, I'm a big proponent of pistol retention. You don't want it to be grabbed out of your hand and taken from you um, because once you're grappling for it, you're fucked. Um, In the real world, anyway. Um, I think that might... Well, because of all the talk of black shirts, uh, a couple of the members, I think that might bring me to 
this little announcement then. Ooh. Ooh. Those that have held on, that about 45 minutes is where people normally cack out. So let's see it. Let's hear it. Um, so Mr. Celebrity himself um, started planting the seeds and poking and prodding at me a couple of weeks ago um, about his interest in starting a new team. Um, he wants his own little team to run around and raise hell with um, would probably be the right way to put it. Um, so I'd like to formally introduce Mjolnir Jelsim. Named uh, after Thor's hammer. Yes. Um, and the logo was drawn up by my wonderful girlfriend um, with a design that Braden himself picked. Um, this team where we've got six members um, all using call signs uh, from either Norse mythology or Norse people themselves. Um, starting with Mr. Celebrity himself, call sign Odin. The um, old father. Followed very closely by call sign Vidar, who is Loki McGee. Uh, call sign Loki for uh, Alex McMartin. A very, very skilled player. Um, then followed myself as Callsign Fenry. You big uh, dog, you. Only way to do it. I love playing as a lone wolf, so or an attack dog. Um, Callsign Bjorn for my uh, fellow Sierra Company member Blair, and the the one that a lot of people will be surprised by. Callsign Ulf uh, Eddie Stone. Mm. Um, I don't know how Braden managed to secure Eddie into a single team, but I'm very glad that he did. So does that mean Eddie is not a mad dog or is he double hatting? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming he's double hatting. I think we need um, to get Eddie on here and, and have a chat to him. I agree with that. I, I actually want to hear what Eddie has to say about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that comes out of that man's mouth is amazing. Yeah. I, I love it. There's so many sex jokes I could have had then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've also been told, say, I've been asked to introduce what we're about as mm-hmm. well as the team. Yeah. Um, and Braden very much wanted to start something fresh or something new um, in the community because he saw. And I don't think he's wrong. There's kind of been a plateau in skill level in the community. No one's getting the best aren't getting better. And a lot of people are starting to just coast. Yep. Um, so he wanted to bring a lot of us together. Um, some people he considered to be um, better players within the community or um, useful within the community um, or people with different skill sets like Lockie McGee and myself having run social medias for a team being able to bring that in as well. Um, he wanted to bring the, all of these people together and raise the skill level of the average player uh, whilst still providing a fun challenge, um, whether you're on our team or whether you're not. Very and, interesting. Yeah, like you said, allow, to, allow us to train other people in the field. Like Just people can watch and observe and take it on as they need. So if I dropped you, and I'm just spitballing here and I've got to talk to my team first, and this is me off going, butterflies. (laughs) If I dropped you guys into blue six as the the primary people in that squad and then we made you the pickup squad, so you took brand new players that had never played Adam Milsim before, is that what you're sort of aiming at? Um, I would, of course, have to speak to the rest of the team but I don't see anyone in that having an issue with it. It allows us to really guide those new players through and help them out, um, give them a great base level to uh, base level to observe and grow from. Um, have you picked a aesthetic? Are you going to go range of green? Are you going to go, or you just don't no, know? No, we're kind of taking a mercenary or PMC look. Um, just to make it easy on everyone. But Blair suggested the idea that we're running with of, um, of us, of us all wearing a Viking war paint. Uh, <laughs> I can really, see that. I can really see that. set it apart. You know, we um, had a, a game here a long time ago that a bunch of guys came with the whole Viking vibe and vests and 
not the horn helmets, but um, they certainly had the Viking look going on. That's pretty cool. That is definitely very cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that sums up the parabellum aspect of it, I suppose. If, if that was something that your team was happy to do, I don't see anyone in Mjolnir um, having any issues with that. Anyone that wants to check out um, Mjolnir, we are on Facebook and um, I will share a, a link to the page into the Milsim East community and friends and other yep. um, other job or groups through Facebook. Well, it's the 6th of August when we're recording this, so I reckon it will be probably at least a good full two weeks before you're up, maybe even September. Um, so if you're hearing this before then, good luck. Um, if not, maybe you've heard some whispers about Um That's a Thor reference, don't worry. Yeah, me. Um, yeah, so I'll let you know when I queue it up um, so you can announce it at the same time. Sounds good. I've already um, started having some cryptic posts of myself mm. uh, in regards to this. Oh, look at that nail. It just needs a hammer. Mm. Mm. Wonder what could be happening. Well, dude, it's been cool having you on. No, it's been great to be here. Thank you very much for this opportunity, Trav. Yep, yep. Let's um I I need you to work on Eddie to work on coming on the show. Uh, oh, I can definitely do that. I'll talk to him as soon as we're done here. Yep. Um and he's welcome to go on either of my shows, obviously. Um I'm gonna go out with my uh my little Patreon ad. Uh so any final words, Joshy? No, thank you for having me and um if you guys ever see me at a field. Stop in, say hey, and let me know who you are. Cool bananas. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to the Milsim Podcast. We're not sponsored directly by any business. So how does it exist? Because of a dedicated group of people who send me money on Patreon. Patreon is a way for me to pay for the cost of hosting and sharing this podcast on the internet and upgrading equipment as required. And you can get some perks if you're in Patreon. A few people pay a significant amount, but I'd like a bunch of people who like what we do to just pay $1 a month, as they really help me with the algorithms. I do shout out events and retailers, but they are all things I'm directly involved in running myself, or they're events or products I want to support in the community. You also won't be here running anyone down directly, but I will give feedback I think is constructive. You can also support me once off via PayPal if you don't like Patreon. Or you can send me mail or products to review via Wounded Heroes at P.O. Box 73, Ellen Grove, 4078 in Queensland. But please be aware I can't return review products unless you include full return postage. I thank you in advance for your anticipated support and I hope you're enjoying our podcast. G'day everyone, I'm Travis and I'd like to introduce you to my newest podcast. This one's the Veteran Transition Podcast. We're going to talk to people and tell stories about their positive transition from frontline work, be that in defence or the emergency services. So we can show you that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a way through. People can find hope, connection and a purpose after they leave defence. You can find success you can find everything you dreamed about that you never thought you dreamed about. You can find those successes in life that you thought would be in defence but aren't. We're going to talk to people about side hustles, about entrepreneurship on the internet and moving into the corporate world. Maybe some people have worked in security or stayed in more traditional ex-soldier professions or they've transitioned from one arm of defence into the other or maybe to something paramilitary-like from police to army or from army to police, or maybe even the corrective services. But we're going to have some fantastic discussions with some really interesting people about where their journey has taken them after defence. We do have another podcast where we talk about what people did in defence and their great stories, but that's only for our Patreon listeners. So if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can do that and hear those extra bits of information but this one is focused on 
that positive shift after you leave Defence. This is me recording something special after the end. I want to feel like Stanley.